This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MQ1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Uh, been a few weeks since we last did an episode, but you know we said we wait for a bit of news to come and uh, certainly plenty of that has come to light. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'll introduce you to other co-hosts, so myself, uh, Liam. Uh, so Ross, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm slightly sunburnt uh, today uh, across the weekend, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nursing through the pain. Yeah, I think for all of us, but as ever, those past couple of days, it's been uh, ridiculously hot. And yeah. uh, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of this this type of heat. I, don't, I quite like it being hot, but yeah, this hot is a bit ridiculous to be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously we're all big F1 fans on here. I know us three had a bit of disagree regarding the uh, Hamilton and Verstappen incident. Uh, Ross, have you uh, have you changed your mind at all regarding that, or are you still on the Hamilton corner? Well, if you look at previous incidents, I know. Um... It was a few years back. Um, it was actually a Red Bull, isn't it? Was in the exact same position, and Horner was back in. It was racing, so it's, it's funny how he's changed his cho- tune all of a sudden. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, I find it funny how the uh, Claire and uh, Hamilton pretty much got into an identical situation, and the Claire basically had to go off the track to avoid crashing into Hamilton again. But yeah, very interesting Grand Prix and uh, is a good watch despite um, yeah, the penalty not really being uh, justified. Uh, but Joe, uh, how you doing, mate? How you are you a bit sunburned? Enjoying the F one? Uh, how how are you in general? Oh, I've got caught the sun a little bit actually. I've uh, been to uh, over the weekend, been to a couple of non-league games. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, getting uh, ready to be back uh, back in the swing of things really. Yeah, not long now, is it? Obviously, got Bristol City on the Saturday coming up and then uh, Spurs at home. And then we kick off sending trip down to Bournemouth, hopefully, which will be nice. And I'm sure all three of us are going to that one. Um, before we get started on to the pre-season action, so I want to wish uh, Mick Harford well, former assistant manager of Dons, of course. He's, uh, it was, it was uh, revealed today that he's battling prostate cancer. So wish Mick well in his recovery from everyone at the podcast. And yeah, hopefully we hear good news soon regarding that. Um 
but yeah, anyway, boys, um, we'll start with the preseason action, I suppose. Why not? Uh, two preseason games so far uh, after the Chelmsford City game got cancelled today due to uh, sort of Don's Academy uh, gents getting COVID 19 symptoms. Hopefully, they recover well from that and hopefully, not too serious. Um, but yeah, 3 1 wins over Kings, Lynn, and Maidenhead. Uh, Scotty Twine getting two goals. Uh, one of the trialists, Taron, getting two. Uh, Max Waters getting his first Don's goal. And of course, Jay Burr getting a goal as well in the two games. So, Obviously, well, Ross and Joe, both of yourselves went to the Kings Lynn game. So it's a good point to start with that, I suppose. Um, so, Ross, in general, how was the trip uh, to and from Kings Lynn? Because obviously, it's a bit of an effort to make midweek. And um, what did you make of the performance in general? I think it was just a case of just enjoying the day. Obviously, we haven't been to an away day. Oh, it's been ages. I think, I think the Rotherham away. Yeah, Rotherham away was the last one we went to. And I think it was just enjoying the feel of being back around a football ground, following the Dons. And yeah, I think I just enjoyed just being in and around the ground. And um, yeah, the football was just a bonus, really. And yeah, it's nice to get wins in pre-season, but it's all about match sharpness in my eyes and um, seeing what partnerships link up and yeah, just, just blossoming as a team going into the new season. Yeah, I mean, Joe, you kind of think the similar to Ross and was there actually many people there at Kings Link? Because I know a few people travelled. We saw we got a few tweets regarding that and obviously you two yourselves travelled. Um, so yeah, how was it for you? Yeah, I mean, bar a two and a half hour journey back due to um, <laughs> the Norfolk road system. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was good, enjoyable. Um, I think there was about 300 there um, was the attendance and I'd say probably about 30 Dons fans maybe. Um but no, yeah, it was just yeah, good to be back. Um, a decent showing, you know. Just and um, but yeah, as Ross said, you know, I, I can, I don't really unless we get humiliated, humiliated like seven or eight nil. I'm not really that fussed from uh, the results in the early games, in the preseason games, though. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just nice to see lads get some minutes into their belts, and of course, with the sort of basketball style structures of the games it was interesting to see you know who was getting minutes at certain points and uh the rotation of the squad um so for the Kingsland game i suppose in particular obviously you, you saw it both yourselves in person so i was really interested to see you know who stood out f- from you guys in terms of you know of course uh there was josh martin who's playing wing back who you know we kind of hinted at in the previous pod uh all three of us kind of agree with that and uh, of course that came to light which is nice and uh, of course there's two trialists on the uh, show as well uh, Tanai Watson and Taron so just in general uh, we'll start with Ross I suppose just give us your thoughts on you know maybe who who's impressed you and what sort of things stood out to you in terms of performance even though it was just so you know getting minutes and uh, things like that um, just going on the defensive performance I felt really we we never got troubled um especially in the first, because uh, they're doing obviously four quarters. Um, so in the, in the first two quarters, I don't feel like we got troubled at all. I, I can't remember that they had a shot on target. So um, defensively, we, look, we looked okay. Um, but obviously with Kings Lynn, um, they, they were sitting so deep and credit to them. They, um, as a unit, defended very well and um, it reduced us to, to one or two shots. And I think it was just... Um, moment from Martin, um, Josh Martin, that is, out on the wing back and beating his man, having that bravery. And, um, yeah, I think he knocked it off on the inside and it, to Dwine and he put it in the back of the net. And I, I just feel 
obviously, um, going forward, yes, we could have scored a seven or eight, but um, obviously with team sit- with a team sitting so deep, there's going to be loads of bodies in the box. They're going to be putting everything on the line. And yes, it's going to be hard to break down. And yes, we saw it several times last season. But teams start to come out to play in League One. Kingsland have got literally nothing to play for as such when they come against us. It's just about a matter of testing the fitness, etc. And yeah, I've, I felt at times we, sh- we saw a glimpse of class from individuals. And um, the two in, in individuals which impressed me the most was uh, Josh Martin and Brooklyn Alunga. Um, Brooklyn Alunga, especially young lad. Um, I didn't really know much about the kid, I'm not going to lie. Um, but he he didn't put a foot wrong in my eyes. And um, he showed really um, decent amount of maturity going forward. Also tracking back, um, trying to beat his man, trying to make something out of nothing. And that's what you want. And I'm hoping, um, especially with the cup games and the Papa John's trophy going into the new season, maybe it's something he can feature in and maybe have a little cameo off the bench if we're winning 3-4-0 in the, in the league. It's interesting regarding Alunga because I could be wrong, but I believe he's still a youth player. I don't believe he's signed a professional contract yet or hasn't been announced at least. So, yeah, it's good to see that you know, he's you know, catching the eye for you, Ross, and... Yeah, he's kind of been a player who drifted all over the place, really. So he's not really got a tie down position as far as uh, well, as far as we're aware, at least. So, yeah, having that versatility in the squad, and of course, seeing another Don's academy player come through after seeing the likes of David Kasumu, Cal uh, has of course, moved on now, and many others uh, is a good sign. Uh, Joe, I know you're going to highlight Martins. I'm sure you've got some points to add on him, but was there anyone else that stood out to you in terms of the games you've seen? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I thought. Um... Yeah, Ross did it pretty well. I mean, they did sit deep. Um, we controlled it for large parts. I think, you know, with the shots, it was just... We, we did have a fair few, but they were just all getting blocked because there's just so many men behind the ball. Um, I think, yeah, Martin and I think Twine, especially their link-up was really good. Um, and it, they, they were, were definitely quite dangerous. Um, I too, yeah, Alunga, he was just, uh, just loads of energy up and down that left side. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, I've, I was... Quite pleasant, not surprised as such. But uh, Aidan Baldwin, um, the new centre back, which we'll get on to, he he really did look sharp, and um, he you know he got stuck in. Um, I thought people like uh, I think uh, Ethan Robson, you know, it was our first glimpse at him. He showed a couple of nice touches, and he, you know he's getting forward a little bit too. Um, also, I thought um, you know for, for a younger player as well, Jack Davies, I thought he he, he looked quite calm on the ball um, for only eighteen as well. He, he looked pretty pretty solid and not too um you know just just looked at uh, you know just just slotted in nicely um so yeah it was good to see a couple of those younger players in and um yeah i mean of course you've got the usual suspects that played you know showed the glimpses of what they can do in in the, in the likes of kasumu and o'reilly so yeah it was a all-round fairly solid performance and 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 some some decent bits of play leading to the goals as well yeah, good to hear. And I know I know Jonathan Bennington, a few of people actually highlighted the try list in terms of wanting to get your thoughts. So I'm glad, Joe, you brought it up. Um, Ross, I don't know whether you wanted to add on anything Joe said regarding Watson and Taron. I know uh, you were impressed by, I believe, Watson. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, go ahead with your thoughts on that if you want. Yeah, I, I, was, I was impressed by both of them. Um, <clears throat> I know Taron, um, maybe he's had a lack of games and a bit of sharpness creeped in. Um, 
few missed time passes, but you expect that in pre-season. pre-season. Everyone's going to have them sort of games. And um, you can tell that his intelli- intelligence is in the game um, in the way of like, he's always forward thinking. He wants to move it quick. Ex- exactly what Russ wants in his system, um, especially when you're sitting against a deep block. Um, and then Watson out, out wide, it was, it was look, um, what I think it was Watson in the middle. Um, he, he was um, pinged the ball over and it, it was running up and down that line. And yeah, it was, it was promising from the, both of them, but obviously it's, it's up to Russ whether he wants to pursue, pursue that as a new signing. Yeah. And, and games like this is the perfect time to do that, isn't it? Especially against, you know, well, I don't want lesser opposition, but opposition are going to give you a good game and, it's a nice little warm-up for the lads, especially with two games to go with uh, the Bristol City game on Saturday at their training ground. And then, of course, the game against Tottenham, which will be the big spectacle that uh, I believe a lot of people are going to. I know Spurs sold out their allocation for that game of 4,000. And uh, I'm pretty sure we've sold about 7,000 at least. So, yeah, that'll be a good little spectacle, especially for pre-season. Um, but, yeah, so I haven't seen either of Watson or Taron, so I can't comment too much, unfortunately. But, yeah, I've heard good things of Watson from, obviously, yourselves and other people. So, yeah, it could be interesting to see what happens there because I know a lot of other EFL clubs, especially League One clubs, have been looking at uh, Watson in terms of, uh, well, at least at the rise at the very least. So it um, could be interesting to see what happens there. In terms of the final two pre-season games that we mentioned, boys, in Bristol City and Spurs, I'm assuming we're going to um, expect a more concrete starting eleven. I know Fish picked up an unfortunate injury, which is hopefully minor. Um, so we saw a bit of Ravazzoli in goal against uh, Maidenhead for the final sort of 60 minutes or so. But are we expecting a more concrete side from Russ or do you reckon he'll sort of experiment heading into those two last games for pre-season? I think, I think we've actually got a couple at St George's Park this week. Or at oh, least of one course, maybe. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think the Spurs game will be the one where, you know, maybe he actually does, does go for a more concrete side. Um, I think yeah, I think it's it's a tough one because I mean at the end of the day, most of these players are going to be involved, whether they're playing, you know, forty-five games or five games, so they need to be up to speed and um, you know, and and let's let's not forget as well the transfer window still got uh, I think a month over a month, six weeks or something, because it's, it's uh the transfer window's open until I think the last week of August or something ridiculous like that. Yes, yeah. So um. You know the team could look totally different in six weeks' time to what it is now. Um, so yeah, it's one of them. Um, but I, I'd say Spurs. We're probably going to be starting with our strongest team and the team that's likely to start at Bournemouth. Um, but I mean, you know, Russ, Russ, he likes to throw a surprise in every now and then, doesn't he? Yeah, and of course the games at St George's. I mean, we can get a few little hints. Obviously, Crystal Palace there at the moment. Portsmouth have been there the past week or so. I'm not too sure if they're still there heading to the week uh, that Dons are there now. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we won't hear the, about the opponents the last of the game. Um, but yeah, so plenty more games uh, to see what the boys are looking like and hopefully some more good performances and uh, results there. Um, okay, we'll take a short little break now and then we'll get into some transfer activity that Dons have been doing since we last spoke. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. 
So as typical with any transfer window, there's been plenty of activity, uh, ins and outs for the Dons, and that's been no different these past couple of weeks. Uh, we've seen a few incomings to the Dons squad and the uh, one outgoing. Um, the big outgoing, of course, being uh, the departure of Scott Fraser to Ipswich Town, uh, fellow League One side. Um, of course, everyone will speculate on what the fee was for Scott. Um, we don't know the exact fee. I don't think we will for a couple of years at the, at the very least. Um, but it's a it's a blow to lose Scott. Um, we all saw the quality that he you know had last season, um, and you know that's why he's been touted as one of the best players in League One. And of course, that's why Ipswich came and paid the said asking price for him. Um, but you know, I think for me, this reminds me a lot of the Healy transfer list last season, in terms of you know how it happened. Of course, I think the reaction to this one has been a lot better than the Healy one. Um, for myself, uh, me in particular, and a lot of the fan base in general, um, and of course, it's a shame. It's a shame to sell to a rival like Ipswich, um, but you know, there's an asking price for a reason. And uh, you know, Scott Fraser's passing the torch, in my opinion, to another Scott and Scott Twine, who has a, certainly had a good start to pre-season, and I'm sure we look to continue that onto the upcoming games and, of course, the start of the season against Bournemouth. Um, so, Joe, obviously, Scott Fraser's left. Um, what are your general thoughts on it all? I mean, yeah, of course I'm disappointed by it. Um, but I mean, the, 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 the touted figure was a high six-figure fee. Um, to me, that means between five and 500,000 and probably a million, I'd say. Um, so I, I'd say it's probably more like, you know, that's, that's just based off what they're saying. Um, which for, when you think about it, it's a 26-year-old in the last year of his contract, who's never played above League One level, I, I think that's that's good. You know, I think you'd be more disappointed if it was, say, a twenty-year-old who's, you know, really promising, could go hot, could go really high. You know, I think someone like Deli Ali, we got what five million for him, um, and it, it's it's you know, I think yes, yes, Scott is a he's a good player, very good player for the level. However, you know, I I, th- I think um, you know should. Uh, the club choose to reinvest some of that money, and I certainly bloody hope so that they do. Um, I think that the, the the staff have shown over the last eighteen months or so that they're more than capable of, um, you know, being able to to, to 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 use the money wisely. I mean, I think every every uh, player we've lost, you know, you're talking of Healy, you know, Britain. Uh, Gilby, you know, these it's almost like a conveyor belt, and at the end of the day. We haven't got a multi-multi-millionaire behind us, you know, who's worth hundreds of millions that's just throwing money at the problem. Um, and you look at if our, our recent accounts came out and we lost, I think it was, was it over two million? Yeah, roughly. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, 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 yeah. Obviously, those figures are, you know, quite skewed because obviously all the, all the money for the club is tied into certain things, isn't it? And it's quite difficult yeah. to get a Well, the football it, club but, yeah. as a whole, the football club itself lost two million. Yeah. And I believe that the stadium MK group itself lost seven million. So that that's the, the you know, the business as a whole. So I think, um, you know, for, for people who maybe say, uh, oh, why aren't we being competitive? Why aren't we doing this? Why are we selling to fellow rivals? Well, I mean, that, that that's why, you know, we haven't got endless pots of money and, you know, I think people would be more annoyed should we leave you lose Scott Fraser on a free transfer in twelve months' time, rather than getting a good fee 
and it's as well, let's not forget, there's still six weeks to go in the window, so it's not as if we're doing it a couple of week, a couple of days before the window shuts. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, we probably thought it was going to happen. Um, by the sounds of it as well, you know, they have paid the high asking price. So, you know, and it's a deal that just, I guess it, it, it's one of them where you just take it, move on, and uh, let's see where we go from here. Yeah, and a lot of people have said, you know, the replacements are already in the door in uh, Scott Twy in terms of, you know, similar positions. As we pointed out previously, the stats are fairly similar um, in terms of how their outputs the past couple of seasons, um, albeit in well, different Scott, systems. I mean, last season, Scott Fraser only scored five goals from open play. And I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's a midfielder who hasn't scored 20 goals in a season. But, I'm, but you know, in terms of the, the way we play, you know, he was great at progressing the ball up the pitch, but I don't think he maybe had, you know, I, I think maybe at times in the box, you know, maybe there was some times where you, if you've got that a midfielder of that profile, you'd maybe want them to get be getting a few more goals and chipping in a bit more in open play. Um, and Twine's certainly done that last season, so hopefully he can replicate that again because, you know, just to, just a little, to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but sometimes I see stuff about, you know, oh, we need to sign a 20-goal-a-season striker. Um, I think it's a bit of a myth. I think um, I think I saw I saw a stat or something about, um, I believe it was Wickham, and the last five times they've been promoted, their highest scorer out of all those five seasons was something like 14 goals. <laughs> and I think if you if you look at, you know, you look at, say, likes of Twine, O'Reilly and Martin, if, if they score eight to 12 goals each or something, you know, that's 25 to 30 goals. You get a couple of strikers who get 10 to 15 each. You know, that's another 20 to 30 goals. And then you have, I don't know, seven or eight players who chip in two or three goals each. All of a sudden, you're looking at 60, 70, 80 goals. And it just goes to show that, you know, it's, you know, it, we're not, it's more than just one team. And, you know, in Martin and Twine, we've got two players that I'd say could contribute more goals than maybe Fraser and Sarinola could combine. So I think it's, you know, it's just because you, you, I think you can solve problems in different ways. So, you know, taking one player out, but changing two things in the team can solve both those problems, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure the club got it under control. Yeah, and Russell's mentioned, didn't he, how he didn't want to rely on one player to score all the goals, like with the Healy sale. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, he's signing the Martins of the world, the Twines, and I'm sure... Uh, of players will touch upon uh, now in a future episodes who I say they're going to contribute you know not ridiculous numbers but numbers that will get us by and uh, hopefully get us by into a decent finishing position next season um, me and uh, Joe a bit of a tangent there Ross sorry so uh, I'll pass it over to you now um, what are your thoughts on the Scott Frazier's departure is it good business for the club? Uh, just first of all I just want to just wish him well wish him all the best there's no, there's no bad blood between yeah. our fans and him He's won us plenty of points from the penalty spot. And uh, I know Joe, Joe's mentioned about five op- uh, from open play. But, yeah, from the penalty spot, I think he scored every single penalty for us. So, um, yeah, I wish him all the best. And um, do I blame him for moving to Ipswich? Um, he'll probably be on a bit, bit more dough. Um, I don't actually know where he's based from, so I couldn't tell you whether it's longer to commute from where he lives. Um, but as Joe's just said, We've received a decent fee for him, and um, we knew when we got him, we were punching quite above well above our weight due to other championship clubs 
try and chase him. And Russ brought him in and um, we, we found ourselves lucky in a way. And um, I don't, our fans are getting slightly mixed up because I'm starting to see that Twines was the replacement. He was never the replacement. Fraser, Russ didn't anticipate Fraser to leave. He just knew that there was an asking price for him. And it was perfect that Twine was available. Twine was available on the free transfer and he got brought in. I don't feel like he was brought in and then they let him Fraser go. I don't feel that that was part of the transfer. I don't think that was the plan, but I do think that'll be inevitably what happens. Oh, yes, that will be. Yeah, of course it will be. His ability on the ball and everything. Why not? But I I still feel like we'll need another member in that in that top of that box in my eyes just to contribute more goals maybe off the bench I don't know but yeah I, I, I've i got as I say no bad, bad blood against Scott Fraser and um, I wish him all the best yeah and we saw from the outpour of Don's fans on his Twitter didn't we from that post including ourselves that you know there's it's all it's all good when it comes to that perspective and uh yeah, look forward to seeing him. It was switch uh, fairly soon, actually, isn't it? It's, it's towards the start of the season, having to support Monroe, so that'll be interesting. Um, moving on to additions, uh, and of course, I think the big one since we last recorded was uh, Max Waters coming in from Cardiff on loan. Of course, uh, Waters is a player who the club's been pretty interested in for a little while. Uh, we were kind of priced out of the move in January from Cardiff City, where he moved uh, from Crawley Town. Um, and of course, we've got him back on loan now from Cardiff themselves. Um, quite a pacey and powerful striker who, in theory, should fit into his downside quite well. But I believe it was, I think it's 12 goals, 15 appearances for Crawley. So he's got that prolific side to him in the right system. And um, I suppose that kind of takes away any any lack of League One experience because he's proved he can do it in League Two and deserves to step up to League One at the very least. So I suppose it's down to Russ Martin to get the goal scoring side out of Waters. Uh, and I'm sure. Well, hoping he will. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on the Waters signing and uh, what it adds to this Don side? Yeah, I think the quote which really pleased me was the fact that the club have been keeping tabs on him. Um, I know with a few signings in the past, we've we've panic bought and um, we've basically turned a blind eye to it. And I feel like they, they've really thought about this signing and they've watched him a few times and they've noticed that he can fit the system. And from what I've seen of him, um, he likes to run in behind um, and he's a real nuisance. And what people forget is, I fit, I believe we had the most touches in the opposition boxes last season. So with someone that who can, who knows where the net is, I think you're, it's just goals galore in my eyes. And um, yeah, it's a really promising signing. Yeah, I like the point regarding keeping tabs because, of course, the same was done for Ethan Robson. Uh, of course, we saw him, we've seen him a few times against us in last season. And uh, Liam Sweeting has sort of mentioned how he's been watching him for a few years now. So, in fact, that's another side now where we've tracked him for a while, like the look of him. Uh, it's not a, well, not that this is the right time for any sort of rush signings, um, but it's not a rush signing at all. Um, so, yeah, really pleasing signing. And, uh, Joe, I'm sure you agree that. Waters can add a lot to this Don side uh, if applied correctly. Yeah, certainly no uh, J. Manuel Thomas, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, w- I think Ross w- used the word I was going to use in terms of he just seems like a nuisance. And when I said what sort of striker I wanted to see a sign, I wanted to see a striker that could replicate what Jerome did 
in the, the fact that it's a lot of ugly work, it's a lot of being a nuisance. But I think as well, one thing that did please me from his um, like sort of highlight reel from his goals at Crawley, you know, he did score some nice goals, but a lot of them were just ugly goals in the box. And so often last season, how many times were was the ball almost pinballing in and around the box? And we just didn't quite have that finishing touch in the box to, to convert those chances. And I think now all of a sudden, you know, we talked about, I think we talked, I talked about before January, how we, we were in the box so much, but we just needed that extra bit of quality in and around the box. And as soon as we got people like Ethan Laird and, um, you know, all of a sudden we started scoring more goals. And I think this season, you look at the, you know, to have the likes of Scott Twine, Josh Martin, and then now Max Waters all in, in and around the box. I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be horrible for, for opposition players. And he's, he's, um, you know, I think he's a fairly he's a fairly big lad. He can handle himself, and yeah, I just can't wait to see him just making a nuisance of himself, really. And Andy knows where the back of the net is, so it's it's basically exactly the profile of striker which I I said that we we'd be really good, really good, uh, go, you know, going down that route. And um, yes, yeah, really happy. And um, yeah, yeah, just we'll just wait and see. I guess it is a step up, the league a step up. So and he is still fairly young, but. I've, I think he'll I think he'll do alright yeah here's hoping definitely and uh, I saw a few people mentioning how they're seeing glimpses of Will Griggan in rather than Jerome and I was a bit confused by that comment because I think everything that I've seen from Waters is as I said this you know pacey and powerful striker as Joe said it's a bit of a nuisance who you know is going to get people's faces whereas Will Grigg yes he's good for the link up play and he's obviously a bit of a fox in the box but doesn't really strike me as a player, or what it isn't anyway, who's going to sort of complement that Grig type of style. I mean, is there anything in that, do you reckon, Ross? Is, is Waters kind of this Grig and Jerome sort of prototype, or is he more like to Jerome, like I suppose we kind of, maybe me and Joe at least agree with anyway? Yeah, I completely agree with Joe in the sense of the profile of Jerome. Um, yeah. You can, I think there's a few goals, um, especially at Crawley, where he shrugs off his man. And he runs through on goal and slots it away. And Jerome did that. I remember especially the Peterborough at home one. Oh, yeah. Once he got through. We, me, Shrewsbury as well. Yeah, me and Joe oh, knew yeah, it was yeah. going in. It was, it was just because it's Cameron Jerome and he knows where the goal is. And let's hope uh, Waters uh, gets a grasp of that also. I think he has it ready, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with Waters as well, the goal he scored against um, Kings Lynn, I think he tried a back heel. It didn't come off. And the ball just sort of, you know, it it, it was it, it bounced off an opponent, and he just yeah. lifted quickest. Yeah. It was it was like an ugly goal, but those are the exactly sort of goals you you want, I guess, you know, because it's once you actually get to the box, it's about being clinical and it's about being ruthless. And that was, if that's an example of what's to come, then bring it on. Definitely, and uh, the other addition that's came in since we last spoke, anyway, is uh, Aidan Baldwin, who has played in both preseason friendlies, if I'm correct, against Kingsley and Maidenhead. Uh, played different positions along the back line as well, as far as I'm aware. Um, Joe, I believe you were pretty impressive, Baldwin, based on what you saw against Kingsley, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, he, he looked like... He just looked fresh. He looked someone that was pretty powerful. Um, I think Russ mentions his, his athleticism and... Uh, Normally, you don't, you know, with defenders, you don't necessarily expect them to be the fastest or most athletic, um, traditionally, that is. And he, he really did seem to 
you know, get himself about the pitch. But I think he made one that was a, a cross right across the face of goal and he just slid in and got a great touch on it. And, and you know, coming out from the back, he, I mean, he, he played under Luke Williams at um, Bristol under 20, Bristol City under 23s. So again, it's someone that, you know, one of the coaches has known for a while. And, you know, again, that just speaks uh, a lot to how, how, you know, he's obviously knows about his character and his ability. And, you know, obviously both are just as important as the other. And it, it's interesting because he, at first I thought, oh, you know, it's, uh, I believe someone called him, called him a walk-in hospital, which I thought was a little bit harsh. Wow. But um, he, I think he's been, you know, from, from on a brief, brief uh, glance, he has seemed to have his troubles with injuries. But I think it's almost like, you know, you look at the signings of, you know, maybe Josh McEachran and Ben Gladwin and you say, well, yeah, yeah, OK, he might have had his troubles with injuries. But if you can get that player fit and firing, then you've got a hell of a player. I mean, Luke Chadwick had his problems with injuries, you know, before he came to MK. And then, all you know, he had successive seasons where it all just sort of went right, I guess. And I think... We've we've done this sort of thing before when a player is maybe you know he, he struggled for minutes in giving him a chance and I, I think this one could you know he's definitely there to compete for a starting spot I think which is you know really exciting um, I think it quite nicely rounds off the centre back area of the pitch you know you've got Ihora and uh, Baldwin maybe fighting out for that middle uh, for that right sided on on centre back you've got Darlin who I think is. I mean, he's probably one of my first names on the team sheet. And then yeah. you've got, um, you know, you've got Davies, who's impressive and yet still only 18. And then you've got Jules and Louis, who, um, you know, they'll be scrapping out for that left centre-back uh, spot or even Lewington on the right, who, who knows? So I, I, I'm very happy with the options we've got there. And, you know, it, it seems like we've done it on, you know, quite sensibly. We, uh, the only thing is maybe an, uh, someone a bit more experienced, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. So the, well, the six central defenders now seem a nice mix of players, in my opinion. Of course, you've got the leader and Darlin, the more technical players of you know Lewington. Of course, you've got the leader as well, but also Hora, who we've seen from last season, is very, very underrated, maybe unappreciated at times when he was fit. Um, and yeah, additions to that have been excellent as well. So it'd be interesting to see that type of group. Um, Ross, thoughts on the Baldwin signing? Of course, you you saw in person as well as Joe. So, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Aiden joining? I think Joe pretty much covered it in the sense of um, he's he's very athletic and he I think his recovery challenges are really good. Also, um, obviously helping out a man if he gets caught out, and um, he's got a bit of strength to him. Also, he, he doesn't mind a tussle, and that's maybe something you lack against the likes of like Gillingham. Who do them long throw-ins? You, you've got to have that tough centre half if if required um, late on in the game because they're going to be pounding that area if needed. And I think it's a sign. Also, I can't imagine him being on like a, a high wage either. So um, yeah, it, it's a sensible signing. And uh, as Joe said, it's someone who they know inside and out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, since a and then the group quite well from what we've seen already so that's good to see okay well that kind of runs off the episode quite nicely uh before we go just some quick sort of news uh things to cover i suppose uh next week we're gonna do a league one preview uh probably towards the end of the week maybe friday or saturday it'll come out uh, but we've got a pleasure welcoming gabe sutton on uh who's you know efl 
sort of connoisseur and everything really. He's got a wide range of all the cl- 90, oh, sorry, 72 clubs in the EFL. So it'd be great to chat to him about his League One preview, which will be coming out uh, the evening of us recording. So yeah, good chat Don's with him. And we'll see you. We'll see how many weeks to spare does he think will win the title by, I guess. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We'll be chatting Don's of him and, uh, well, our thoughts in League One in general, of course. You know, there's been a lot of big spenders in the league, as I mentioned. And, uh, yeah, we'll give us some predictions, I suppose, as to what we think uh, certain teams will do. And uh, I assume Don's will do as well. And, um, yeah, I imagine before the first time game season, we'll be getting Don's action on as well to get, uh, an idea of their plan to the upcoming season of course with Sunderland at home being the first league home game of the season on the 14th of August so look forward to chatting to them gents about that uh, they get to hear their plans okay well thank you for listening to the latest episode of the one podcast and until next time come on you dons Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.